ground goes high and higher. Since I, since I laid my little down, burdens down. Hallelujah. I'm getting messages that we are alive. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Listen, we've been having church trying to get the, the, the uh, camera on, and, and evidently it's come on while we were having church and having uh, some fun in the house of the Lord. So listen, God is great and greatly to be praised. I want to thank you for staying by and staying tuned until we got things figured out. Thanks be to God uh, that he allowed things to happen like this, and God is going to be praised in and through it all. We've come to give God praise. I don't know how much of that pre-praise that you've already heard, but, but if you didn't hear much of it, listen, what I want to invite you to do right now, put your call it down, put your hands up and give God praise right now. Glory, glorify God in your house. Glorify God. Make your house your sanctuary right now. Give him honor. Give him glory. Give him praise for this is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad about it. Somebody ought to say amen. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Somebody ought to give him glory this morning. Hallelujah. Glory be to the Lamb of God. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for this hour, for things being as they are. God, we bless you. We thank you. We praise you. How good you are. Father, we magnify your holy name. You're a great God. You're a great King. And your Son is an awesome Savior. Now, God, have your way in this service. Do what you will, say what you will, speak to our hearts, for we are gathered from near and from far, but we are here, Lord. We're here because we need to hear a word from you, and so thank you, God, that we've pressed our way through, just like that woman who needed to touch the hem of your garment. She didn't stop pushing, she didn't stop pressing, until finally she got to where she was going. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to press our way through and through it all, God, now have your way in this, thy service. We bless you. We thank you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen.
morning. Our scripture this morning comes from Hebrew, the 10th chapter, and I'll begin reading at the 4th verse. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book of the written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them. He said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may have established the second. By that, we will have been sacrificed through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But this man, after he had had offered one sacrifice for sin, forever sat down at the right hand of God. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord of all glory, Lord, we come this morning to give you praise and honor. Lord, we praise you this morning, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you prepare us as we go through this present and have your spirit to come into us, Lord, so we can be right. Lord, we ask that you enlighten our understanding. We ask that you purify our every desire, Lord. Lord, quicken our will. And Lord, strengthen and move in this house, Lord, and on live stream. Lord, anoint us afresh for a kingdom service. Lord, let there be no hindrance to our worship. Let there be no distraction to our praise, no hesitation in our hallelujah. Lord, direct this hour of worship to the magnifying of your name and to the good of us, your children. Now, Lord, don't forget about those this morning, Lord, who are affected by this coronavirus. Lord, we just lift them up to you this morning, Lord. Lord, we pray for healing. Lord, we pray a special prayer for the doctors and the nurses, Lord, and those first responders. Lord, preserve and protect them, Lord. Keep them in your care. And, Lord, don't forget about the countless others, Lord, that do heroic work, Lord, in these difficult circumstances. They, too, need your blessing. Lord, we pray that you would just guide our minds, Lord, and our hearts and the leaders of the nations, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would just have them to serve you, Lord. And we pray, Lord, they would seek you, Lord, as they make decisions. Lord, as the challenges of this day, Lord, this virus remind us, Lord, that we are your children. And, Lord, you have all power over creation. But, Lord, we know that you are the one, Lord, who holds the world in your hand. But, Lord, we know, Lord, that every day is not going to be sunny. And every day is not going to be sunshine. But, Lord, in clouds of disappointment and struggle, Lord, you're still God. And, Lord, it's in times like these when we really need you the most. But, Lord, we know that you're God. And you know that you're God in this troubled time as well. Lord, we just ask this prayer in your son Jesus' name. We ask you to just give ear to our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.
Hallelujah. Let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. Christ is all. He's everything that we need. Amen. Amen. Christ is everything that we need. I know through these last few weeks you've been coming to the realization that some of the things that you thought you needed, you don't absolutely need. Uh, but Christ is everything that we need. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Carolyn, for reminding us that we can depend and lean and rely on the goodness of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Listen, listen, I want to, again, thank you for being patient with us and just pressing your way uh, through as we uh, connected by way of live stream. You know, we can't control uh, technology, but we can work with it real good and you can pray real good. And evidently, uh, both of those were working on our behalf this morning. And so we thank you for your patience uh, as we get, get things together to be with you on this morning. Listen, I want to thank those of you who received, listen, you received your communion cups this weekend. That was made possible uh, by our deacons and our deaconess. I want to thank our deaconess led by Sister Kanisha Duvall, our deacons chaired by Brother Donnie Moncure. You all did a fantastic job making sure that our congregation uh, were able to come and receive communion pickup and drop-offs as well. And so we thank you for organizing that effort for getting them all prepackaged and and ready to go nobody had to wait in any long line or anything like that thank you so much for a job well done our deacons and deaconess are in the business of serving serving our congregation and I thank them so much for that also those of you who indicated that you have particular needs uh, during this time away from the church and perhaps in isolation uh, it's been our deacons and our deaconess who have been on the front lines uh, making sure that those needs are met and and I want to extend again to our deacons and deaconess a wonderful heartfelt thank you for ministering. They are literally being the hands and the feet uh, of Christ right now, along with others in the congregation. It's not just them, but it's a lot of you who, who don't hold positions, don't hold titles, and yet you're being the hands and the feet of Christ. And I want to thank you for doing that, for looking out for one another, calling on one another, checking in on one another, particularly those who are considered the most vulnerable uh, of our congregation. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Listen, and we're going to continue to do just that. If you have needs, if you have needs as this continues, we don't know how long this is going to go, but if you have needs that develop along the way, don't hesitate to call and contact your deacon. Don't hesitate to do that. Uh, our deacons and deaconess are here to serve you, and a wonderful job they are doing. I do want, however, to let you ask that you help us help you. And what I mean by that is, listen, you can help us help you by by making sure that we are distributing our resources as widely as we can, uh, as well as we can, uh, in practicing good stewardship. If, if, listen to me real good, if you have resources, if you are able to get out and do for yourselves, listen, don't call and ask us to do that if you can actually do it for yourself. If you're not a part of that vulnerable category, we need to make sure that we're servicing those who have limited resources, limited mobility, uh, limited family connections. We want to make sure that those individuals uh, get the kind of service that they need right now. So help us help our congregation. Amen. Help us do that. Uh, also, in light, in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you, you know that, that unfortunately at some point we will have to conduct some funerals, not necessarily because of COVID-19, just because uh, death is a part of life and not knowing how long this is going to last. At some point, uh, we will possibly have to conduct a funeral service we, along myself, along with the leadership of the church, have been meeting over the past, over the course of the past few weeks, and we did develop some protocols and some procedures that will govern uh, how we take care and how we minister uh, during funeral services during this pandemic season. Uh, at the conclusion of this service, you will get a text message uh, that will link you to our funeral protocols and procedures. I want you to look at that. I want you to be informed. I want you to know that our heart, our heart, our spirit, our mind minds went into developing protocols that we believe uh, would serve the family well, but also serve the public well, the public health of our, of our congregation and those are in our community well. And so we ask, we ask uh, that you work with us, families work with us, spread the word, work with us. Uh, we 
we're doing what we believe is the prudent thing to do, is the right thing to do, and the thing that will best serve you and best serve uh, the congregation as well. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we're steadily building out our online platform. We had our first online Bible study this past week. We will continue uh, to meet in Bible study in that venue, on that, on that platform. That's right now you're on Facebook. Some of you are on YouTube. We have our YouTube channel, which is activated as well. And some of you are watching by way of the app. All three of those should be connected as well. However, uh, is mo whichever way is most convenient for you to connect, we want you to do that, particularly on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights, we will continue with our Bible study. We are exploring right now the possibility of bringing our Sunday school online as well. We will continue to explore that and figure out the best uh, technology available to do that. And when we do, we will be glad to launch that as well. Listen, I miss y'all so much. I'm, I'm, listen, I, let me just be honest. I miss seeing you all. It's, it's good. I know that, I know that the church is not the building, but, but at some point, my heart just wants to see some faces amen and so I miss you all uh, the, the first lady misses you all terribly we're, we're going to be working on something uh, for Easter Sunday we're, we're not exactly sure yet uh, how we're going to do that but we're working on something very special that will keep everybody safe that will allow us to maintain the practice of social dis distancing and yet uh, be able to see each other in some way and in some format pray for that because we want to do something very special uh, the second Sunday of April that is Easter Sunday also also while you are spending time while you are spending time away uh, from this place and in your homes we want to remind you that the 2020 census is due the 2020 census is due and I don't know do are we able to run that let's go ahead and run that right now God bless what is the 2020 census every 10 years the census records everyone living in this country it's written in the Constitution and comes in a questionnaire that counts everyone who lives at your address on April 1st. The data can be used to inform funding for services like fire stations, schools, clinics, and representation that affect your community. Shape your future. Start here. Visit 2020census.gov. So listen, I got mine uh, last week. You should have gotten yours by now. If you're not, I'm sure it's in the mail. I'm sure it's in the mail. But the, the government is mailing these out. This is the census form telling us how to connect, how to fill out our forms. We don't know how long uh, this pandemic is going to last, but we do know that once it's over, once it's over, uh, the government is still going to be depending on the numbers collected from this census. And so take some time during this week while you're in your homes, uh, while you're away from work or whatever you're doing that extra time that you have make sure that you fill out your census form by way of computer otherwise somebody's going to come knocking on your door and I know you don't want anybody knocking on your door during this time so go ahead get online fill out your census form and make sure you are counted during this time amen listen I want you to be in prayer for brother and sister Charles and Linda Butler the Butler family brother Butler uh, lost his oldest sister who lives in Houston Texas uh, this week we want you to be in prayer for Charles and Linda Butler keep them lifted up we don't have any information as of yet in terms of the arrangements but do keep them in your prayers also also very special prayer I want you to lift up our own minister of, of congregational care Reverend Marvin Powell Reverend Powell is in the hospital right now uh, his condition is being monitored right now I spoke with sister Powell on last night and she asked me to ask you uh, to keep them in your prayers to let you know uh, what was going on but to also ask that you do not I know a lot of you have his phone numbers as a minister of congregational care but she is asking that you please do not call his cell phone right now you may text him. He can read the text, but don't call his cell phone. We need him to rest. We need him to get his uh, energy back up. So please don't, don't call him and, and get into a conversation with him. Just text him. Let him know you're praying for him. Let him know that we're expecting full recovery again. That's Reverend Marvin Powell. We know that God is a good God. And in this season of prayer, why don't you go ahead and lift up all of our health care providers, all of our doctors, all of those people who are on the first lines right now caring for those who are sick in our community 
as well as around this country. Let's, be a, let's lift up a special prayer for all of the doctors, the nurses, all the respiratory therapists, everybody who's tending to the sick right now. Let's ask God's covering to be upon them. Amen? Amen. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. Listen, it's giving time. It's giving time. That's right. It's giving time. Go ahead and get your devices in your hands. If you've already given, God bless you. If you haven't given, go ahead to your device and tap to give so that you can give or text to give. If you see a number at the bottom of your screen, go ahead and text that number. You should be able to give in that format as well. Or if you've uh, already written a check and you forgot to put it in the mail, guess what? 30 minutes after the conclusion of this service, up to 30 minutes, there will be somebody here physically at the church. And so if you want to drive by here and drop it off, uh, somebody will be here for 30 minutes after the conclusion of this service to collect your tithes if you want to do that. God bless you. However you want to give, what we want to do is that you make sure that you give however God has blessed you and the mechanisms that he has given us to do so. Let's do it now. This is our giving period. The Lord gives. The Lord gives. The Lord gives every good and perfect gift from heaven above. Let's give now to God who's given so much unto us. It's giving time. Father, Lord, we just thank you for these gifts. Lord, we ask you we just say bless them and multiply them now, Lord. Let them be used for the building of your kingdom. These are another blessing we ask in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. You 
Worthy is the Lamb, the Lamb of God <clears throat> who takes away the sin of the world. I want to thank you, Carolyn, and thank you, Pat, for being with us on this morning. As we corporately do something we've never done before, that is the sharing of communion in our various homes and houses. No matter where we share communion, we are one community. 
brought together by he who is the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice. And I want to talk this morning from the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12, read earlier in your hearing by Deacon Ben Davis. When you have time, I want you to read that entire chapter of chapter 10, but I want to look at, beginning with verse 12, these words are recorded. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. I want to talk simply from the subject, the antidote. The antidote. Every day now, we see new numbers in the spread of the coronavirus in this country and indeed around the world. What some suggested was an overreaction to a fake news story is proving to have worldwide implications on everything from public health to national and global economies. It's aggressive and historic spread across the globe is why the Director General of the World Health Organization declared on March 11th that it had indeed reached the threshold for becoming defined as a pandemic. Now, as life as we know it has been interrupted, we have grown accustomed to press briefings and hearing from Dr. Fauci of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, thanking him for sobering facts, yet hoping for encouraging signs of progress. And all indications of that, if we are going to significantly bend the curve and eventually break the back of this virus, it's going to take more than the president's initial plan of 15 days of social distancing. Along with more time, even stricter guidelines may become necessary in order to get a firm handle on the community spread of COVID-19. While we wait for the CDC to develop some antiviral drug that will be effective in fighting this virus and effective vaccination that will help prevent its reoccurrence in the future, an antidote to contain or curtail uh, this spread of this virus. We need an antiviral to, to help those infected to fully recover, an antiviral that will help to fight this virus and help the vulnerable become resistant to its spread, an antiviral that will reverse and eliminate the threats posed by this virus. But, but may I inform you that that the reality is that as aggressive as the spread of COVID-19 is, the reality is there is another more deadly disease. It is a pandemic of historic proportions that has wreaked havoc upon the soul and the psyche of mankind, causing everything from murder and abuse to violence and thievery to all of the isms that destroy the possibility of brotherhood and community. This sinister disease is what's behind racism, it's what's behind sexism, it's what's behind classism. This disease is what drives pride and prejudice, it's what feeds misogyny and bigotry, it's what waters the seeds of hatred and homophobia. And this disease is so widespread that in fact nobody living has been able to avoid contracting it. I'm talking about the disease of sin. The Bible teaches us that since the sin of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, that sin has been passed down to everybody. We inherit this sin nature. We cannot escape being born into sin. Paul puts it like this in Romans 5 and 12, For wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death thereby, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. All have sinned. Not because of what you did, but because you were simply born into this world. It's what John Calvin calls a hereditary depravity and a corruption of our nature. Sin was here when you got here. 
you couldn't avoid it. It had already spread over the entire world. And if I could say it the way my grandmama, my mama would say it, you got it. You got it. You got it. You don't have to be tested. You got it. You don't have to be swabbed. You got it. You don't have to wait for results to come back. You got it. You don't have to listen to what the, the reports are. You got it. And listen, you are not an asymptomatic carrier of it. You got it and you show all the symptoms of it. Every time you lie, that's a symptom that you got it. Every time you think a bad thought, it's a symptom that you got it. Every time you put yourself before somebody else, that's a symptom that you got it. Every time you manipulate somebody for your own good, you got it. Every time you steal, every time you cuss, every time you want something or somebody that doesn't belong to you, you got it. Every time you think you're better than somebody else, every time you talk behind somebody's back, every time you participate in gossip, every time you refuse to let go of that grudge you've been carrying, you got it. You got it. You got, yes, you got it. A.W. Tozer has written on this dilemma of sin's nature in the heart of man saying there is within the human heart a tough fibrous root of fallen life whose nature is to possess always to possess it covets things with a deep and fierce passion the pronouns my and mine look innocent enough in print but their constant and universal use is significant for they express the real nature of the old Adamic man better than a thousand volumes of theology could do they are verbal symptoms of our deep disease the roots of our hearts have grown down into things and we dare not pull up one rootlet lest we die. Things have become necessary to us. That's why I'm glad you're saying Christ is all. Things have become necessary to us. A development never originally intended. God's gifts now take the place of God and the whole course of nature is upset by this monstrous substitution. Sin, my brothers and sisters, has disrupted the whole course of nature, destroying the fabric of human relationships and unraveling the careful knitting of the creator's handiwork. Sin has stealthily gone about the step-by-step -step process of human destruction by first crippling the character of man so that he does those things that are counter to the will of God and inconvenient to the workings of beloved community. And then, after sin has so crippled man's character, it works on corrupting the spirit of man so that he thinks nothing of sin and even justifies it by making allowances for it. And then finally, finally, sin condemns the soul of man, ensuring eternal death rather than granting eternal Life And every day, every day, every day, we see the results of sin. Sin makes us love things more than we love people. Sin makes us tell and believe the lives that we tell about ourselves, about how good we are and how bad others are. Sin makes us pull away from each other and go into our own tribes where we work against the common good of humanity but rather work for the personal interests of our own kind. Sin makes us label each other and enact policies that will benefit our distorted perceptions. Sin makes us put profits before public health. Sin makes us create and enforce systems that privilege one group over another. Sin makes us then deny that such systems exist. Sin. And our world suffers from the sickness and the community spread of sin. Humanity suffers from the sins of greed and selfishness. Nations suffer from the sins of power and war. Societies suffer from the sins of lust and sexual immorality. Communities suffer from the sins of violence and anger. Families suffer from the sins of unforgiveness and unfaithfulness. And people suffer from any number of personal sins that disrupt fellowship with God, humanity, and even with himself. And for this sickness, we don't need an antiviral. We need an antidote, a medicine taken to counteract 
a particular poison that we have come in contact with. We don't need an antiviral. We need an antidote. And there's only one antidote for this disease. This disease of the spirit and the soul of man. And you cannot find it at the pharmacy. You cannot order it on Amazon. You cannot buy it on eBay. UPS won't deliver it. Walmart doesn't carry it. Kroger can't stock it. And the CDC can't develop anything to fight this infection of the soul. The only antidote for this sin problem is what the writer offers starting with verse 11 of our text. The priest, it says, do their work each day. And they keep on offering sacrifices that can never take away sins. But Christ offered himself as a sacrifice that is good forever. And now he is sitting at God's right hand and he will stay there until his enemies are put under his power. By his one sacrifice he has forever set free from sin the people he brings to God. That's it, beloved. That's it right there. That's the antidote, the blood of Jesus Christ. The writer points to the fact that the sacrifices offered by the priests of goats and bulls can never take sin away. And while we have never relied on the blood of animals to answer for our sin in this present age, a lot of us have been trying to use other things to balance out our sin. A lot of us have tried to use good works to counsel out our sin. Some of you have tried to use morality to balance out your sin. You've tried to use ethics and logic to counsel out your sin. You've tried to use philosophy to balance out your sin, but the only thing that can counsel out your sin is the blood of Jesus. That is the antidote. The blood of Jesus is the perfect antidote for three reasons. Number one, it completely atones for the sin of man. Remember, remember that sin has a cost associated with it. And in order to underscore the cost of sin, God, God, God instituted a system of sacrifice to pay, yes, to pay for our penalties, to pay for sin's penalties. Livestock would be killed and their blood would be spilled as a visual reminder of what the Hebrew writer, the writer of Hebrews writes when he says in verse nine, chapter 9, verse 22, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without, watch this, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin of sin. Paul writes, the wages of sin is death, which means two things. Sin costs, but so does too its forgiveness. Sin costs, but so does it cost to be forgiven of sin. But the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary's cross is the sacrificial blood that once and forever atoned for man's sin. That's why John the Baptist looked at him one day and said, Carolyn, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world because his blood completely atones or pays for the sin of man. But then number two, the reason the blood of Jesus is the perfect antidote is because it completely covers the sin of man. It completely covers the sin of man. One need only recall the children of Israel in Egyptian bondage and what would be the last plague sent by God because of Pharaoh's hard-heartedness and disobedience to let God's people go. The Lord would send the plague of death to take away the firstborn sons of every household. But the Lord told Moses, instruct the children of Israel to take the blood from a lamb and put that blood upon the doorpost of your house and everybody go in your house. And while I send the death angel, whatever house has the blood on the post, that angel will pass over that house. He would pass over that house and death would not touch that house. In essence, the blood covered everybody in that house. Not because they were sinless, but because they were God's people. 
not because they were perfect, but because Egypt had been opposed to God. And the blood was a covering, a sign that stopped the plague of death. Listen to me, beloved. The blood of Jesus covers the sin of man. Hear what I said. The blood of Jesus covers the sin of man. And it makes us, watch this, it makes us who are unrighteous, righteous. It makes us who are sinners, saints. It makes us who have un unholy hands be able on a Sunday like this morning to lift up holy hands. Because it covers us and justifies us before a holy and righteous God. I'm covered by the blood and I can lift up holy hands not because I'm holy in and of myself but because I've been covered by his blood. So that when God looks at me, he looks at me through the filter of his son's blood. You know, young people, you know, young people, you, you got these phones now and these gadgets now. And when you take these pictures, you can put a filter on top of the picture. You know, you can put a filter and, and you can make somebody look like something like they got glitter on and like they got all kind of funny things. You, you, you can filter it or or you can just or watch this or you can use a filter and just clear away the imperfections. You can use a filter and suddenly all of the blemishes, all of the things that, that you don't want to, for people to see, you can, if you use the right filter, you can edit all of that out. And the blood of Jesus is a filter that allows God to look at us but not see us as the sinners who we are, but sees us as the sinners washed under the blood of his son through the filter of his blood. I am then redeemed. Through the filter of his blood, I am saved. Through the filter of his blood, I am sanctified. Through the filter of his blood, I am justified. Through the filter of his blood, I am the righteousness of God. I no longer carry the nature of sin with me because I am filtered by the blood. Last thing, last reason why the blood of Jesus Christ is the perfect antidote for the sin problem is because the blood of Jesus completely washes away the sins of man. Here it is, 1 John, look at it, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, look at it. It says it plainly, plainly, you can read it for yourself. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, watch this, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. The blood cleanses us from all sin. Everything, watch this, listen to me. Everything that you've ever done, the blood cleanses you from that sin. Watch this. Everything that you are doing, the blood cleanses you from your watch this everything you will do that's why the blood is a perfect sac it, it's a perfect atoning agent it's the perfect antidote for the sin problem it works on sins past sins present and sins the future that's why Jesus could once and for all spill his blood and sit down at the right hand of the father why because he paid it all there's no need for any other lamb to be killed. No other ram's blood to be spilled. No other livestock to be slain because the perfect lamb of God, I believe the songwriter had it right when he said, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. And makes me white as snow. No other fount. I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. His blood is the perfect antidote and the perfect answer for our sin problem today. I know, I know, I know, I know the new CNN is reporting on one thing, but there's another problem. 
I know, I know you, you get news flash and breaking news of, uh, uh, as the numbers go up, but I promise you that there's another issue that's not being reported. And it's affecting everybody around the globe. And the only antidote is the blood of Jesus Christ. Whoever you are and wherever you are, I invite you this morning I invite you right now to accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. He is the perfect sacrifice and his blood is the perfect antidote. If you're here, here by way of viewing, if you're listening to my voice, if you hear the word of God speaking to you right now, I want to extend to you the invitation to do something right now that you can do in the privacy of your home, in the, in the privacy of your heart. Some of you, some of you have been saying for a long time, I would do it, but, but I just don't want to come down in front of all them people. Well, guess what? It's just you by yourself right now. You don't have to worry about what anybody else is thinking because this is you and the Lord. And if you're ready, you can accept Jesus Christ right now as your Lord and Savior. Not only that, if you're ready, you can join this church. But first, let me lead someone to Christ, somebody who's watching right now. You've been, you've been afraid of this COVID-19. You've been, you've been losing sleep. And listen, let me, let, me, let me help you. Let me help you right now. Give your life to God through Jesus Christ become a new creature in Christ and I promise you you'll have a peace that passes all understanding it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that there won't be certain things that concern you throughout life or that you won't be afraid of certain things but but it does mean that at the end of the day he will give you a grace and a peace that you'll be able to face whatever you're facing and so listen wherever you are whoever you are let me invite you right now accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Here's what you do right now in your heart. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I'm a sinner, but I want to be saved by grace. And so right now, I open my heart to receive your Son as my Savior. I believe that Jesus died on a cross for my sins. I believe that he rose again from the dead. And right now, by faith, I accept him as my savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I wanna welcome you to your new life in Jesus Christ. Breaking news, you are saved. And the good news is that once you're saved, once you're saved, Nobody or nothing can take that salvation away. So what I want you to do right now, I want you to call this number at the bottom of your screen. Call that number if you've just accepted Christ into your life. Or if you want to become a part of this church family, we've already accepted our first new member last week in this same format. And so I believe that, I believe that we're not just going to go through this, but we're going to grow through this that God will be glorified and the church will be victorious. And so, yes, if you want to join this church, you can do that right now as well. Just call the number at the bottom of your screen. There's somebody waiting to talk with you, somebody waiting to pray for you. And if the phone line is busy, you keep doing what you did this morning and press your way through. Amen. I promise you somebody's going to answer that phone. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. Oh, precious Makes me no other, no other, other fount I know. Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious, oh, precious is that. Why? 
Amen, beloved. Well, we're going to make history right now <laughs> because we're going to share in the Lord's Supper together. Hopefully you have gotten your communion cups. You came and received them. I'm going to ask now that you go ahead and get that cup ready and prepare to celebrate this this Lord's Day with us as we observe the sacrifice of our Savior. He died on Calvary's cross that we might have eternal life. And one of the things that he charged us to do was to eat this bread and to drink this cup in his remembrance. And this morning, Saints of Cade Chapel all around the city of Jackson will do just that. All around the metro area, we will do just that. And listen, if you're watching in another community and, and you don't have this, this cup, I'm going to give you a minute to go to your pantry. Go ahead, get you a saltine cracker. I, I know, I know. Y'all remember the way we used to do it. Amen. Go ahead, go ahead. You got some crackers in there. Go ahead, go get your cracker. Amen. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Get that Welch's grape juice. I said grape juice. That's not what I said. Get. I said get the grape juice. See, somebody wants to go. Amen. <laughs> Wrong cabinet. Other cabinet. The grape juice. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Let's celebrate this Lord's this Lord's supper together. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. Sinners plunge beneath that blood. took bread, break it, and blessed it, and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Let us eat together. Likewise, in the same manner, he took the cup and blessed it, saying, this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sin. As often as we do this, and however we do this, we do this in his remembrance. Let us drink together. And the church said, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we're going to get ready to take our leave. I want to thank you again for joining us, for staying with us. Amen. And there's a very special blessing you're going to get right now for those of you who stayed on. Amen. You know, a lot of us rush for the door after we do. But listen, I got a special treat just for you, a special blessing, a special benediction just for you. In this time of uncertainty, in this time when we are wondering what's going to happen next, when we look at the news and trying to predict which way this is going to go, let me encourage you. Do two things. Keep your knees bended. Keep your head lifted. 
and keep your eyes on God because ultimately God has the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me in his hands. He's got everybody in his hands. We want to thank you, Kay Chapel, for sending pictures of yourself while we are uh, not gathering here, but we can see your faces in your own homes. We want you to stay safe. We want you to remember that in and through all of this, God, has you, he has me, Carolyn, he's got you, Pat, he's got you, Deacon Davis, he's got you, Shannon, he's got you, Mike, he's got you, he's got everybody here in his hands, and he's got you, beloved, in his hands. And now may the grace of God, sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with each of you, now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week. Go in peace.